Welcome to the Wet Podcast, episode number 12. Today's guest is Simon Whistler of the uh, Rocking Self Publishing Podcast. We have a really great discussion about uh, self publishing, audiobooks, and just kind of things that he's learned through doing his podcast uh, for. 70 some episodes so it's a really great it's a really great conversation uh i was really happy that he agreed to come on to the to my podcast uh to the wet podcast and it was uh it was really a lot of fun it was good to have him on the other side of the microphone <laughs> so um and he even mentioned that a few times that it's <laughs> it was kind of weird to not be asking the questions but instead kind of answering the questions Although this is more of a chat, I think. Um, I would say it's more of a give and take, but it was really great. Really, really a lot of fun. Uh, you can find the show notes for this at ericmarshall.net slash wet. That's Eric with a K, Marshall with two L's, uh, .net slash wet, where you'll find uh, show notes for this and archives of all of the previous 11 episodes, um, all of which I think are interesting and you can find a lot of good information in. So that's good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at emarsh, and uh, that's that's probably where you'll find. You know, that's that's probably a really good place to find me to you know get what I'm thinking about on a daily basis. If you're at all interested in that, um, well, maybe just listening to me once a week is enough, right? So I am available on iTunes. You can search for the Wet Podcast uh, on iTunes, or even better yet, go to go to ericmarshall.net/wet. And uh, click on the link there uh, to bring you there. If you're listening in iTunes, I do appreciate reviews. Uh, if you're listening on Stitcher or anywhere else, I think there's like a review function on there. I really don't know. But hey, you know, go ahead. Show some love. <laughs> I don't care how you listen to the podcast, to be honest with you. Just listen to it. It's great. It's fun. I'm having fun. It's uh, <laughs> I'm getting some really good guests. I'm very I'm very lucky and very happy to be getting these awesome guests that I have. And uh, today is certainly no exception. So uh, without further ado, please enjoy the interview with Simon Whistler. I'm ready to roll. All right, good, good. So welcome to uh, the interview section of the Wet Podcast, episode number 12. Today I have with me Simon Whistler. Uh, a lot of listeners probably know Simon from the Rocking Self-Publishing Podcast. If you don't know Simon from the Rocking Self-Publishing Podcast, you should listen to the Rocking Self-Publishing Podcast. It's really <laughs> good. I uh, just released uh, episode number 74 this week uh, with, with Rachel Heron. It's a really good episode. I just listened to it this morning, actually. Um, Me too, as I was yeah, editing. As you're editing, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, so welcome, Simon. Thanks, Eric. It's great to be here. And thank you for uh, getting that plug in so early in on the show, Rockin' Self-Publishing. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you for the kind words. Oh, no no problem. I've been listening to your podcast for, I want to say, about a year now, perhaps. And I've listened to a lot of the back um, uh, episodes as well. I have kind of a routine. My routine goes, on Wednesday, I listen to the Self-Publishing Podcast and the Sell Better Book Show. And if I get those done on Wednesday, I listen to you on Thursday. If not, I listen to you on Friday. But that's my yeah. kind of end of the week kind of um, kind of routine uh, when I'm in my car, which is a lot these days. Uh, but but I but I do enjoy it. 
uh, oh, man, well, it's good to be in your schedule then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, oh, Thursday. Great. Simon. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been, it's, it's nice. And, uh, you know, some of the things I want to talk to you about today, it's, it's nice to have you on the other side of the, uh, of the microphone now, right? You get to it's, talk. It's still unusual to me. I feel like I should be doing the introduction, but no, <laughs> I just, I just sit here. <laughs> it's much easier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I ask the questions, you answer them. It's a lot easier, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I do the editing. <laughs> yes, that's that's where it's really much easier for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the nice part. So, <laughs> yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah, so I want to talk uh, about a couple things today. Uh, I want to talk about audiobooks. Uh, I want to talk about podcasting um, and and kind of self publishing in general. And uh, but first, I want to get a sense of. Of what got you started in all this? Um, what got you started in podcasting? What got you started in doing audiobooks? That sort of thing. Well, it's kind of the, the podcast almost happened by accident. So I, I think you said you've been listening to it a year. We've been going, it must be a few months longer than a year. And I started it because I was doing um, audiobooks. And this is something I'd done sort of off and on for a couple of years, ever since I was, I think I was a student. And I was like, oh, I'd like to do something other than work in a bar and pay my student bills doing this. And so I, I think I turned to Google and was like, how can I make money with my voice? And I came across some different articles saying different things. And somehow, like I sent off some demo tapes recorded on my $15 USB microphone plugged into my old Dell computer and sent off some stuff. And someone said, oh, you actually have a nice voice. Do you want to read some books for us? And this was uh, several years ago now. And then I dropped out of that for a while while I went to do uh, some postgrad education. Then I went traveling for a while and then kind of realized oh, I quite like traveling and you can record audiobooks from your computer at your desk, wherever you are, and kind of fell back into the, the narration world and also the world of doing voiceovers for commercials and tutorial videos and that sort of thing. And so kind of fell into that. And then because of that, I fell into podcasting thinking, oh, it'd be cool to, you know, interview some of these people who I'm doing books for and indie authors seem really interesting. Maybe I should uh, get some of them on the phone. And suddenly 74 episodes later, here we are. And uh, it's it's been a crazy ride. I, it just kind of took off in those first few months and got a lot of interest. And I think a lot of people really kind of liked the long form one-on-one -on -one, hour long interviews I was doing. And I never really stopped. That's perfect. That was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because why Kind of random, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are, there are a couple other podcasts in your space, but I think you're, you're unique in that you do the long form interview every single week. Yeah. I mean, the other big ones, I guess you mentioned them at the top, um, Creative Pen, Self-Publishing Podcast, and now um, Brian Cohen and Jim Cookrell's show. I think it's Sell More Books, not Sell Better Books. Is you're that right. the show you were talking? Yeah. yeah you're we're talking about the same show. show though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just said it wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Jim and, <laughs> and Brian. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's Sell More Books show. I'll put, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, but I mean, those shows... Those shows were around and they had these great, you know, established audiences doing cool things. And I didn't want to step on their toes. So I wanted to do something different, something that I could bring a unique flavor to. And I, I like listening to long form interviews, thought I should have a go at that. I thought yeah, I could be all right at this. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you know, you know what it is about the uh, something I've noticed about the indie publishing community is that, you know, although they're already in the space, you're doing something different. Um, I'm. I I've, I interview a lot of indie publishers. I have so far. I've got you. I had Jim Kukral on. I had mm. the self publishing guys on. Um, you can find those in the at, at the archives at ericmarshall.net slash wet. But um, at any rate, I um, 
but I'm not really an indie publishing podcast. You know, I just, it's something that I'm interested in right now. It's something that I'm doing. And so it it just kind of leads me there. But what I've noticed is there's a lot of cooperation rather than um, competition. You know, everyone seems to collaborate, uh, at least in the places I've been um, on K boards, on these podcasts, everybody seems to want to help everybody out, which is really, really refreshing. Have you found that as well? I couldn't agree more. And I think, there's a really good reason for it. There's in podcasts, there's a lot of listeners, you know, I still don't have enough podcasts to listen to. I still have hours to fill, which I want to fill with quality stuff and readers, you know, there's a lot of readers. So writers also, you know, they're not in competition with each other. I mean, unless you're writing basic, even if you are writing the same book or, uh, as someone else, the, a reader will take something different away from it. So I, I don't think there is the competition there between writers or podcasters or or whatever that um that you see in some other industries yeah i think so i think so too it's not like i can't read um you know i don't know dean coons because i'm reading stephen king or whatever it might be exactly. right you know exactly to, you know it, it's there's enough there are enough readers or enough listeners that there's no reason not to and we're all kind of figuring it out together both in the podcast space and especially i think in the indie publishing space yeah these two spaces what are they few years old each really since yeah. things really started kicking off i mean people say pod podcasting back in 2002 and i'm like it was really different then <laughs> it was really different then you know um i remember the first podcast i ever listened to was coverville with brian ibbett it's i don't know if you know it he plays just it's a music podcast and he plays covers of songs yeah and he's, he's been doing it since about probably 2002 but <laughs> back then there weren't very many pod there wasn't any you know there, was, there wasn't much to listen to no, it's uh, it's come a long way. And I think, you know, now you've got your smartphone and you can just download a podcast instantly. Even it's automatically downloaded and it's just so easy. Whereas before, what, 2002, was that was that dial-up? It probably was, right? 12 years ago and you <laughs> oh, like yeah, half an hour to download a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would go to my office at the university and download it there and yeah. then listen to it at home <laughs> because they had faster internet, of course. So. The, Back in the days where you had to think about where your fastest internet connection was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you have a list and you go there and you do that and you come home. Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, you're right. I think two, last two or three years, I think it's really, it's really started to take off and it's a, it's a great medium for, I think for producers and for, and for listeners. It's, uh, you know, we, we, a lot of us spend a lot of time commuting and it's, it's a, it's a good way to pass the time and learn stuff and, and all that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. For sure. So, um, and you know, the other thing is that telecommunications help too. I mean, you're in Prague, is that correct? I'm in, I'm in Prague. Yeah. Yeah. You're in Prague. I'm in, uh, I'm near Ann Arbor, Michigan. And here we are, Yeah, <laughs> you know, having a conversation that never ceases to amaze me, you know, it's, that we can do this. And we're listening to each other in pretty, you're coming through like high definition sound into my earplugs. You could be speaking to me from a microphone next door. Just it's, it's incredible technology. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So, um, so yeah, it makes all this possible and uh, gives yeah. me a chance to talk to cool people. So it's awesome. <laughs> and same, and same with you, right? So. Yeah, just imagine this twenty years ago, like long distance lines, paying what a dollar <laughs> a minute to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> world. especially internationally. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so you have recently published a book. It's out now, right? Is that correct? It's out. As of this recording, I'm not sure when this will go live, but I put it out just uh, just as we logged on to this interview. I was like, ah, 
Amazon have published it. I went through the KDP process this afternoon. They'd say it would take 12 hours, but two hours later, I was refreshing it and it was live. Oh, and great. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally haven't even logged into my KDP to see if anyone's bought it yet, but it is live as of now, which is very cool. <laughs> I, I obsessively check stats as well <laughs> on the podcast and on the few things I have published. And it's like, stop checking the stats, but it's hard not to. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. We're, we're recording on the 20th of November, 2014. This is going to go live tomorrow, the 21st. So um, yes. pretty quick turnaround time this week. Uh, so yeah, so anybody listening can go, go get it right. And I've I've had a chance to glance at it. You were nice enough to send me an advance copy, and um, I've read a, a good portion of it. And you know, there's a lot in there that I would never have considered because I I do want to do audio for my memoir and for the novel that I'm writing. And with the novel, I'm definitely going to have somebody else read it. I do not want to read it. Um, with yeah. the memoir, I I think I'm going to read myself. Um, because it's me and it's a memoir, if that makes sense. I think but, I talk about this a bit in the book, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of authors as narrators. And even if it's nonfiction, I mean, a memoir is really perfect for author as narrator, but even nonfiction. So if you've put together a book about, I know you're into movies, about movies or whatever, then that is still something, you know, as as an author on nonfiction, it's really, you should consider recording yourself. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'll do. But for the fiction, I won't. So I was looking through that, and you do you yeah. have a section of like how you decide whether you should do it or not, you know? And fiction, the general rule is no. <laughs> right, right, right. And I am fine with that. <laughs> I don't want to read the fiction because uh, yeah. that's a whole different thing, you know. And uh, I feel like the the, the nonfiction is closer to me, so I'm considering it. And after doing the solo cast on this podcast, I realized I think I can talk into a microphone for an extended amount of time. I, I think. And you've already got the gear up and running and you, you, you have a very pleasant voice to listen to. I think I commented on it before we hit record and yeah, I would apt in, in your position. I mean, after just putting together this book, I would recommend it. In fact, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I think, I, I think, I, I think I will do that. And then, but in the book you talk about for people who want to hire somebody, you talk about a lot of, um, considerations about, you know, their production, whether they're, um, ACX approved, um, you talk about royalty splits. You talk oh, yeah. about um, the type of books that we are that lend themselves to um, to audio. You have this funny thing about this poker book you narrated. <laughs> I, I worry that was done for a, a traditional press, and I worry that they're going to get. I'm going to get in trouble for saying all these bad things about the book now because <laughs> this is the second interview that's been brought up. <laughs> You actually say in the book, you say, don't buy it in parentheses. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I, I'm saying the book is fine. It's a great book if you're sitting at poker tables. But hearing me read like Full House 1,981 to 1 and then like Straight Flush 4,986, it's not fun. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense to do that as an audiobook, right? No, but. it didn't make much sense. And it's not a big seller. I'll, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to be very much into poker. I, I considered uh, going pro a long time ago when it first started getting big, and I bought a lot of books, but I would never consider listening to one. That's crazy. So, well, uh, this is the thing. When you are considering making a book, and if it is, I mean, there are some books that are just not going to work, and it's it's really easy to spot, like books with lots of diagrams, but books with lots of stats, so sports almanacs, um, like fitness books, are just not going to work because people... People, you know, they use them as reference books. They'll go to look them up. It's like if you have a dictionary, no one's going to go to like minute 61 
42 seconds to learn the definition it's just not going to happen there's there's a place for print books in that case <laughs> right or google oh, could you imagine <laughs> could you imagine an audiobook of a dictionary well this poker book is uh <laughs> <laughs> pretty close huh? <laughs> do yes. you have an audiobook of your audiobook of the of the book for 2015 coming next year okay I, okay uh, I think doing the ebook, I'm, I will leave that to sit for a month. I, I ended up sending out 250 advanced copies, which wow. was kept me in my email most of last week, following up with people saying, hey, you know, here's your copy, blah, blah, blah. I did not expect such a huge response from my email list. And then, yeah, I think people spotted a few typos and I thought it was clean. And by a few, I mean, I think maybe 20 typos were oh, wow. picked up altogether. And I'm like, this is after two edits and me reading it like 16 times or something insane. But yeah, so even after this, and I'm like, well, now it has to be clean. I think I'm going to let it sit for couple of months and then do prints and then do audio in the new year yeah that makes sense to let people catch more of them i mean it doesn't matter how many times you go give something a pass it's you're gonna oh yeah you're gonna miss stuff it's crazy i don't know why that happens but yeah i yeah Uh, (laughs) i had that one go ahead no go ahead no, I was just going to say, and I went through it, you know, with one of these, do you use the text-to-speech thing to, to get it to, to read the text back to you? It's an amazing little trick because then the computer reads it back, you know, um, blah, 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 in Microsoft Sam or whatever he's called these days. And uh, so if anything's spelt wrong, the word will sound weird. And so you can pick it up, which is really neat. But still, 30 typos slip through. So <laughs> I don't know that's what a, I'm talking about. That's a good <laughs> trick. No, that's a great trick. I like that. Yeah, so you yeah so you wait until you wait until you get all that cleaned up before you do print and then you do the audio that makes a lot of sense the reason yeah, i and it, the reason i asked you is because you have a you have a section of you have, a, you have a glossary section towards the beginning right where you yeah. define a lot of terms so i was like oh no you have to read all that right brick and mortar stores <laughs> right the, the best way to do it and i think i do in in the ebook as well i've got a lot of links and a lot of companion stuff on the site so i'll have a link and i'll say like go to rf rspcast.com which is my short link for my podcast slash resources or something and then it will list all of the terms so instead of flicking to the front of the book or to the back of i think i moved them to the back in the end um and you can so you'll be able to see like online the the terms rather than flicking around in the book which and then when i do the audiobook i'll just say go look them up online because i'm not going to spend 20 minutes of my time and waste your time (laughs) just Uh, like reading through the definitions of terms because it's it's this is the thing when you do the audiobook you do have a certain amount of flexibility you know you can choose what you put in and and take out if you're if you're narrating it yourself which is cool oh that's great i I never considered that that's so you can just Say, okay, I'm not going to read all this. If you want it, you can find it. That's, that's a yeah. great idea. You can totally break scripts and say, listen, listener, this is an audiobook. This isn't going to work. So if you do want to see this, you can get the book or you can go to my website and download a complimentary PDF to go along with it. You can do whatever you want. No one's going no to be upset. <laughs> it, doesn't, it does not have to be a verbatim read, which is cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. Um, I think a lot of people think that it does have to be. Common misconception. Uh, yeah, yeah. And in, you know, listening to something and speaking something is different from writing and reading. Yeah. 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 I think, and a lot of great audiobooks that are read by the author have cooler sides. You know, the person will just say something. It's like, well, since I wrote this book two years ago and I'm just reading the audiobook now, I've changed my mind about this and I'm going to say something different now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. See, that gives now that, that, um, you saying that to, it really gives me kind of I don't know permission I guess to to actually 
really read my own memoir because <laughs> now I think I can do asides and stuff. That's yeah, that's fantastic. That's that's really good. And I never expect. I guess now that I think about it, when I listen to audiobooks, and I do listen to them from time to time, I never expect it to be exact. I never really thought about it to be honest with you. You know. No. And I'm sure if you followed through an audiobook with the ebook version, you'd be surprised like how many little mistakes end up in the final version. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. There's a great site. Um, I'm trying to find it in Google now, but I can't. Um, where there's a list of audiobooks that are read by the narrator, and if you are considering doing it yourself, I'd definitely check those out. Okay, great. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll try and follow up with you about that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, if you do, I can put it in the show notes for other people to to find as well. So. I didn't want to say it to make work for you, but yeah, you put it in the- <laughs> yeah I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good about the show notes, actually. It's a nice well, place I- to be like, here, go to this place, you know. I also believe in show notes. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I always check yours because I always want to find the links. And, you know, I like seeing if there are comments and stuff as well so I, I i like well well done show notes with lots of links because cool. i'm listening in my car and i think a lot of people are listening on their jog or at the gym i don't have time to type in urls right I'm, i know where to go right <laughs> rocking yeah i type in ro and, and chrome autofills rocking self-publishing.com and i go yes. to your show notes and that's you know and i hope that people do that for ericmarshall.net as well but you know maybe not yet but at some point <laughs> sure and that's, yeah that's where I'll, you'll find the links it's great if you make good show notes, people will read your show notes. At least yeah. that's what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. As right. you're spending all that time doing it, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have you um you know, you're you're on episode number seventy four. That means you've you've interviewed seventy four people. And yes. um I know uh you know, Joanna Penn does a kind of a retrospective at her she just did her two hundredth and she did a kind of what I learned in the last hundred. Um, I don't know if you intend to do the same thing, but I'm going to ask you now prematurely. Um, are there things that you found that the kind of commonalities between the successful indie authors that you've interviewed in the last year and a half? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it all feels so familiar to me, I guess, cause I talk to them and you know, when you're interviewing someone, you're like laser focused, nothing else is in your mind. And I don't know, I guess people who listen to the podcast as well, just, there are these, kind of running threads. And I'm not saying it's true for everyone. And you do get people, of course, like in any sample who step outside and manage to achieve without, you know, going with these common threads that run through all of the very successful authors. But, oh yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Bunch of stuff. Yeah. I I found, uh, like just even in today's interview with, um, I just lost the page and forgot her name, Rachel, um, Heron. <laughs> Rachel Heron. Sorry. Yeah. Um, with Rachel Heron, she even said, you know, I think you both agreed, not just indie authors, but anybody who succeeds, is, they work hard, right? I mean, that's kind of obvious in a way, but I, I know some people have, a, a, most of most of the successful authors have a um, a routine, you know, they have a certain word count they meet, or they have a production schedule, or they write in their breaks between things, or in the morning, and she was... She works at a fire station or something, right? Yeah, and, like the yeah. Dis- dispatch, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And she finds time to write all these novels, and it's it's some of us working hard. There's a disturbing trend I've noticed in your interviews. Um, I've noticed over and over this narrative of somebody lost their job or something terrible happened, and they're like at rock bottom, and they're like, "What can I do?" I guess I'll pursue this publishing career I've always wanted or, Oh no, maybe I can write or something like that. And 
I, I only, th- I, I think that is true. And there is that turning point in a lot of the interviews, but I only think like it looks bad because you, these people who I have on my show tend to be pretty successful and a bit further down the line than a lot of authors. And they can look back and go, you know, I made like a hundred grand from selling books last month. Then it can look pretty bad when you lost your job. But if you were just went into another job, it would just look like a transitional phase rather than like rock bottom. So I don't think it's like some major uh-huh. <laughs> life event spurs people on. It's just like in kind of perspective of things it can <laughs> yeah yeah it might be my filter you know because i got this kind of uh i'm afraid that's gonna happen to me so i'm like i guess i have to get started before i hit rock bottom so maybe i hear those things in interviews and i filter it that way of you know let's let's see if we can do this without losing the job or uh or whatever it might be right and i i think plenty of people do maintain day jobs while having success i mean rachel's a perfect example she works long shifts but she 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 still manages to find the time to slot in a bit of writing here and there. And I think she was saying she does all her proofing while at work, like because she doesn't have she has to be there to answer the phone and deal with the dispatch. But, you know, there's a lot of downtime in her neighborhood. So she finds the time. And I think that's another threat. Um, people find the time. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. And um, not to just go on about your interview with Rachel, but, you know, she says another thing that, that about excuses, right? A lot of people have excuses. And if you look at it like you look at a friend's excuse, this you was know, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I say this not about my interview, but about her, <laughs> uh, about her comments. It's just so good, right? Just absolutely. How, yeah. Yeah. She said basically, treat your excuses like your friend's excuses. Because I, I know people. We all know people who say, "Yeah, I'm like, why didn't you? Why didn't you publish that novel?" Well, you know, I was kind of busy, or I was depressed, or you know, I got two jobs, and you're always like, "Well, you could wake up earlier. You could write between your jobs. Why don't you? You know, X, Y, Z." But then I look at my day at the end of the day and I'm like, why the hell didn't I write today? Well, I was busy. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Yeah. So look at your own excuses, like other people's excuses and be like, that's not an excuse. <laughs> so I think that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I got to say it as a trend. I mean, the people who you see, and this is this, maybe this won't go down so well, but it is the people who are successful are working really hard and they're not making excuses and they're getting up early to write and they are tired and they are worn out from writing and a lot of people struggle with that because it's something they're passionate about and get great joy from and when you are working really hard at it it, it can become tough and you hear this a lot in in the shows i do yeah it's, but it's uh, a reality yeah you're familiar i'm sure with stephen pressfield yeah sure yeah, I the think, idea of yeah. going the idea of going pro right he has yeah. the um what's his other book um i, I am blanking on the name of his book right now Some but before. what's that the art of war. Uh, the yeah, war the, of art. The sorry. war of art. That's the one. Thank you. Thank you. And his always the idea is, you know, going pro, like, treat yourself like a professional, you know, act like a professional and, and do what, you know, what, what professionals would do. And that's, that's how you succeed. Easier said than done. I think for, oh, yeah. for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. For a lot of us. So. Um, so do you, uh, is this, is this what you do then? Is audiobooks kind of your main, your main gig? I have a few things going on, I guess. I don't really, I'm not really one of those people who has a main gig. Uh, I guess like a year ago or 13 months ago, I was still freelancing. I was doing a lot of tutorial videos and kind of trading time for hours on on narration and, and voiceover work. And that was a few months after I started the podcast. The podcast started taking off and I also had a couple of other, uh, I had one other business that didn't really go anywhere, but kind of transformed into into something else. I actually have another podcast myself. 
um, which also brings in some money. I guess I'm one of these people who has a f- lots of gigs going on, lots of small things. And okay. so, but yeah, uh, doing audiobooks is, is a big part of that. Okay. Um, that's, that's great. I, I like that a lot. I, I, I'm moving towards that as well myself. I don't like the idea of having one boss or one source of income or anything like that, because if that dries up, you're done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. If you have a lot of stuff, if one thing dries up, this yeah i I just want to say like this and a lot of people don't agree with this i I would have this conversation with i guess maybe my parents or people my parent my parents are very nice about it but i'm kind of saying you know having a job is risky in itself like that's one revenue stream that's one source of income if you lose your job or get made redundant or whatever then that's gone whereas if you're a business person, you can establish many revenue streams. And if one of those dries up, that's not the end of the world. You have others to rely on. And in many ways, I feel there's this illusion of security in, in jobs, whereas, and, and a, a, a disillusion of security in, in entrepreneurism. If you see I, where, if you see where I'm coming from. I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I agree completely. And I've only come to this recently myself where I, I decided, um, a while ago that I don't want to have bosses anymore. Mm. And, um, and I do kind of at the university, but not really, you know, it's kind of, I kind of do what I want for the most part, you know, and that's fine. That's just one of my, like you said, revenue streams. And academia is very different, right? With terms of tenure and all of that stuff where it's, you can't really lose a job and, and all of this. Yeah. Well, sadly I'm not on the tenure track, so I could lose my job, yeah. but, um, but it's, it's, it's a different situation for sure. And it's not, um, it, it's, it's just different, but it's, it's one thing, but you know, I, the thing was that no bosses is my, was my first kind of thing. And this is years ago. And just recently I've come to what you're talking about, this idea of having multiple streams of revenue, different things that I'm doing, doing things I like, that's important as well. But <laughs> Uh, and and my next goal is is location independence. I want to be able to do everything I do from wherever I want to do it. So if I want to go to Prague, where I've always wanted to visit and I've never been, um, I can do that. You know, and that's that's my next goal is is location independence. Um, so that I'm not tied to a place, you know, or a boss or anything. Yeah. And it's a it's a mindset for sure. You know, it's a different kind of mindset. And I've only recently come to it. Maybe in the last couple several years maybe myself so and it looks like you're there and it, it's 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 a comfortable place in a way right it's it's where i began it's it's why i went into entrepreneurism in the first place so i could live wherever i wanted it was my primary driver it's yeah it's, what i wanted to do it's wonderful <laughs> so so yeah that's my that's my next goal myself um so i so i do i definitely get where you're coming from on that and uh like you said explaining it to parents is hard <laughs> yeah my parents are wonderfully understanding of my like i'm not sure they fully understand where what i do or where i make money and stuff but they're like I mean, he, he, he makes it work somehow so that's that's cool whereas i i think a lot of people my age with parents my age the parents would be like why are you a lawyer <laughs> or, or, yeah. or, or something yeah. like that I get that a lot. I was a French major in college uh, and uh, I was a high school teacher for a little while and I stopped that to go back to grad school. And once in a while, my mom, this is, this is 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. My mom will still say, well, what about the French? Like, why aren't you, why don't you <laughs> I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm doing something different now, <laughs> I'm really, you know, but it's fine. But she, like you said, she understands I'm doing something and I'm, you know, paying my bills and making yeah, it work. Matters. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's, so there's that for sure. 
but um, but you don't need to explain it to your parents to make it work. <laughs> no, and I, I, no, not at all. And I think that's, but that is a mindset, you know, that is something at least, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm inexperienced in life. I'm, I guess I'm still pretty young and I've got a lot to learn. Um, but it, no, it was something that I think a lot of people my age would think about, like what are society's expectations of what you need to do? And in that, in those few years where, you're probably not going to be making much money as, as a business person or an entrepreneur. Those are hard to get by and explain to people what you're aiming for and why you're doing this rather than, you know, putting on a suit and going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with publishing, that's certainly true. You do a lot of work before you're ever in a position to even start making money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. No matter what you're writing. Right. And, you know, like this podcast, I mean, my podcast does not bring any money in and it probably will never bring any money in. Right. Mm. Uh, You know, but you do that as a part of the other things that you do. Right. Yeah. It might, you know, for you, it might bring in audio work. Right. You you get to listen to other, you know, talk to other people and get ideas, whatever it might be. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's all part of the mix. It's it's so hard to put down, you know, dollar X came from source Y. That I think I think doing the podcast has been absolutely vital in in getting me to where I have come over the last year, which isn't very far. But I feel like without that, I'd still be still be way back at the beginning. And it has brought in great books, and it has brought great connections, and I and it's been amazing just to to do that while having such fun. And I think this is something. How many episodes are you in now? Uh, this is twelve. Yeah, as this goes on, you'll find the same thing. I'm so sure it's really it's really a fun journey. Yeah, I think I think I will too. I, I've uh, you know I've talked to twelve different people. You're the you're the twelfth, and of those twelve, I knew I personally knew one of them. Yeah, and I had met one of them, and the other ten are complete strangers to me. <laughs> you know, well, it, uh, after talking to someone for an hour, it's like they'll answer your emails. They'll say hey. They'll jump on Skype with you. They'll help you out. It's it's a really great way to make connections. Like I feel if you sent me an email after this, I'd be like, oh, it's Eric. I was on his show. That's so cool. Um, what's he up to? You know, what can I do for well, you? Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, and I have kept in touch with just about everybody that I've interviewed so far. You know, um, so that's yeah, it's 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 a great thing, and it's not even why. I do it. It's not why you do it either, but it's a nice benefit, right? You have these connections with people that you might not otherwise have had connections with. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it is a connection. It's two way. So it's like, if, can I, can I do something for you? Can you do something for me? It's, it's a two way street. And I think it's, you know, that's just how friends are made, how connections are made. Yeah. I agree completely. I agree completely. Do you have any, uh, are there any, like major challenges to being in Europe and doing this or is it, besides just the time zone thing? No, um, a super fast internet here and it's super cheap. Um, yeah. I, I talked to Americans about the, cause you have a strange system. I was listening to, <laughs> do you know the planet money podcast? It's like yeah. an NPR show. I love this show. They were talking about internet and it's like, you only have one provider in one area. So you don't have a choice. Yeah. Or something. We have like eight choices. So yeah. they're all competing with each other. I have like 120 megabit internet and it's like 20 bucks a month. Do you really? 20 what? bucks a month. <laughs> oh, shut up. Yeah. It's, uh, it's laser wanna, fast. I don't even want to hear that. You know, in Prague, where people probably think of the Czech Republic as, as not as advanced, 120 megabits for 20 bucks. Yeah. United States yeah. has <laughs> the most expensive 
was some of the most expensive internet in the world, and it's also the slowest of of um, advanced nations. And study after study has shown this, but you know we have these weird mini monopolies, and the the major companies decide not to compete with each other. And it, it's <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started on this. But it's uh, so yeah. But with a nice internet connection, like you said, it's not a problem at all, right? It's this is it. I mean. It's location independence, right? I have, I mean, right mm-hmm. now I'm sitting in front of my laptop this afternoon. I went out to like a co-working space and sat there for five hours. And you can just, I like that to be able to go across the city or sit in a Starbucks or whatever coffee shop I'm in this, that afternoon and, and just crack the laptop, fire up the Wi-Fi, and you're good to go. Yeah. You know, as long as, nice. I mean, this is, it's not even late here. It's, it's six o'clock in the evening. I do have a call at 1030 tonight, which uh, is very unusual to be that late, mm. but it's a conference with Australia, West Coast, uh, US and Europe. So it really oh, is gosh. messy. Somebody's going to be inconvenienced in that, right? Yeah, yeah. This time it was me. Yeah. yeah. This time it was you. Yeah. We rotate. Yeah, as far as, <laughs> right. Yeah, as far as we're concerned, I'm, uh, you know, it's well, it's almost noon and you're at, it's like 6 or 7 p.m. or something like that, right? Yeah, so, just heading for 6. Um, no, no big deal. So, um, yeah, so otherwise you don't have any problems. I've heard of people having problems with publishing on Amazon uh, being in a different place, but I think that's going away as well, right? I think with VPNs, I mean... I, I personally haven't had any troubles at all. Okay. I mean, Great. if I need to be from a UK connection, I just fire up a program called Tunnel Bear and I'm through a UK connection. It's it's uh, free or like 10 bucks a month if you use lots of data, which I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I don't uh, see that as a problem. That's fantastic. <laughs> that makes that makes a lot of sense. I like that. That's that's good. That's good. Um yeah, so it yeah, again, location independence, you know, technology and and kind of your choice of work lets you lets you do that you know, yeah. which is which is really nice so great stop me if i'm prattling on about location independence it's just uh no i, I started it mine. <laughs> no I, I started it i think so no it's totally fine i'm, I'm a little envious but uh but i'll get there yeah uh, you know because uh, we talked before i hit record about the weather here in michigan and you know cold don't, don't have any illusions about prague this time of year <laughs> oh true yeah 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 good point good point good point yeah yeah for sure um so you said audiobooks audiobooks for indies is is uh, available on amazon should be as of when this when this podcast goes out I'm right. looking at it, and in the time we've had this interview, someone's been very kind and left me a five-star review. <laughs> oh, great. Fantastic. I just good, refreshed good. it. Oh, good. That's that's nice. Yeah. That, Sending out all good. those arcs, I guess, did some, did some good. <laughs> yeah. If you send out 250, you'll get, you'll get some reviews. I'll, I'll leave a review when I, when I finish the book and, and have a little bit of time, probably in the next couple of days, for sure. You're very kind. Because um, it's a really nice book. You know, I didn't really know what to expect from it, um, but... I, you really cover all of the bases. Yeah, and I'm just looking at it now, and it's it's only 136 pages. It's a short book, but it's you know it's it's very there's bullet point lists, there's subheads, there's little boxes telling you what's important and your need to know, yeah. and it, it there's tons of links to all the right places. So I do hope it's a guide. You it's 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 very much a reference guide. It's I like to think I, as you mentioned, I slip some humor in there which i probably do poorly because i'm not very funny and, <laughs> and uh but it's it's really a reference guide for people who want to dive in 
I did chuckle out loud at the uh, don't buy the poker thing. <laughs> I did. I was like, that's funny because I could hear your voice in that too. You know, because yeah. I've listened to so many of your deprecation. To- <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I was. You know, I was thinking about. Um, yeah, I was. This is completely a change of topic, but. I was looking at an ebook recently. Um, that I was thinking about buying a fiction book, and it was nine ninety nine, and I hesitated. Mm. Uh, you know, because I mean, ten bucks isn't much for a book, but I think I'm getting conditioned to you know to go um, for cheaper books. You know, because most indie publishers are cheaper. So I thought it was indie published because it had, frankly, it had a terrible cover. <laughs> and uh, so, and I looked at it, and it was by a major publisher. It was, it was a traditionally published book with this terrible cover at 9.99 and i was like oh that's weird I'll, I'll probably buy it anyway but um where was i gonna go with that oh you know i was thinking about publishing so you self-published your book right yeah absolutely yeah which means you know for those who aren't familiar that you 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 paid for editing i paid for editing i paid for the cover i, I mm-hmm. my editor did a proofread sweep which was great um but yeah, I mean, it's affordable. It's definitely affordable. And yeah, but everything is on you to bring together. And now, you know, I've got to upload it to KDP and go through all of these steps. But it's easy. It's really easy. Yeah. I think once you've done it too, it gets easier. But it's not, it might take the better part of an afternoon <laughs> to, to, to get through the KDB thing if you don't know what you're doing. But yes, yeah, it's this not is that. what I was doing. In the, I had to leave the house. And I went to the co working space and it's like, I'm not leaving here until it's up and ready. <laughs> <Until> <laughs> it's up. Yeah. And then you just wait for, for, for Amazon to do it. But I feel like with a book like yours, um, you know, it's people don't want long books, they don't want. Um, when it comes to things that are more referential, I want to learn something. I want it to be shorter. I want it to be concise, like yours is. I want it to be well-rounded, and I'm willing to pay, you know, several bucks for it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm willing to, willing to pay for that, no problem. Um, and I think that's a, a big change. A, a book of that size, or the size of a lot of nonfiction books these days, would never have even been published uh, before e- e-publishing. The spine's right? too thin. <laughs> the spine's too thin, exactly right. And so they want you to beef it up or make it thicker or whatever it might be. And as people are like trying to leaf through, trying to find the important stuff, right? I think that's, and that is is such a good point and why eBooks are such a great tool because you don't have to bulk things out. I mean, it's 136 pages. I could cut it down further. I really could. And just, Mm. but I, I, you know, there are bits people should skip over in the book because it's like, if you're doing your audiobook and you want to go one way, Skip over the chapter about selling your audio rights if you're not into that. That's fine. It's not relevant to you. And with a reference book where it's like, you know, creating an audiobook is not, it's not a complicated subject, but there are th- things you need to be aware of. And that's what I'm covering in the book, not, not some treatise on audiobooks throughout history. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Which you would probably have to do for a traditional publisher. Yeah, and oh. then people would be digging through the book like, where's the information that I need to get going with this this afternoon? And it's buried right. on page 342. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at your Amazon page right now. And it is a, it's a great cover. I'm looking at it myself and the formatting that I put, because you can do that HTML formatting in the description. It's not mm-hmm. worked. So after this interview, I need to go in and tweak that. <laughs> um, I heard recently that uh, on the Sell More Book Show that, that a, a lot of people are having problems with the HTML in book descriptions in the last like, week or so. So it might be on Amazon's side. Count me in as one of them then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I heard it, Brian was having trouble with it. it but it, with him, it kept all the H tags and P tags and all that stuff. Um, yours doesn't hasn't done that, but whatever. Uh, we're getting in the weeds, I think maybe. But um, but I do love your cover. I think it's great, and I will link also to the Amazon. Is it on Amazon only, or is it uh, you have it? I'm I'm select widely? for I'm select for the for the initial window, but um, the so ni- ninety days for the ninety okay. days. Yeah. So are, are you, so you're going to be in Kindle Unlimited as well? I'm in. I'm I'm full Amazon for first ninety days. Then we're having a reassessment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. But I I think that's for you know. This is my first book out. I think doing the select is is the right way to go for that. In my opinion, I think a lot of you know people say that for the first book, and yeah, it's only ninety I days. So it's three months. I'm not going for some yeah. sort of hard launch where I need to sell it to everyone. There's no rush. Just, yeah. I think, yeah. And after ninety days, everyone else can get it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's wise. I think that's the way to go. You know, uh, use what Amazon gives you in terms of the unlimited and the countdown deals or whatever for ninety days. And yeah. Then- go wide if you want to you know i think that's 90 days isn't much really so um, i'll definitely put a link to uh the amazon page for the book as well on um on ericmarshall.net slash wet on the uh on the uh show notes because i think it's uh it's well worth a read for anybody considering audiobooks and the other thing i think is, is anybody who's writing uh who's doing self-publishing i think should be thinking of audiobooks right it's money on the table for the right, you know, if you've got books and it's the same about, you know, just all those different revenue streams you can exploit, print, ebooks, translations, if you want, audiobooks, you know, there's, there's money on the table and you can take it with something like an audiobook and, you know, it's easy to get to. There's not, they're not expensive. You can do royalty splits with narrators. Um, if you just want to go to the site acx.com, that's the main way for Americans and, and UK people to to get into audiobooks. And it's it's really not complicated and you can start, you know, it's just, we were talking about revenue streams. It's just another way to add to the to the money that comes in each month. Yeah, it gives you another, another link on, the, on your Amazon thing. It gives you some price anchoring. Right. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if nothing else. And um, and there's no risk. I mean, if you do this royalty split on the author side, there's no risk whatsoever. Right. Well, there is. <laughs> <laughs> there is the risk of it goes really, really well. And then you're yeah. <laughs> you're paying out to your narrator. But yeah. no, not really. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I would hate it. I would hate it if my book did really, really well. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, and I'm only getting, you know, whatever, 20 percent or what I, I think it's uh 40% to the author. Yes. But then you split that. I think it's, is it 50 50 for the ACX narrator? Yeah. So you end up with 20%, 20%. Um, yeah. But if you've paid up front, you get your full 40. So, I mean, it, in terms of <laughs> right. if you didn't do it, then you've lost nothing. But right. <laughs> you don't do it at zero. Right. If right you on. Do exactly. the royal, yeah. If you do the royalty split, there's no money out of pocket initially. But you're you're giving up twenty percent. But you're getting you know twenty percent of the sales of an audio book, which is going to be more expensive than than your ebook. Yeah, I don't know what traditional publishers offer for audio books, but I bet you it's, uh, but just not twenty percent. Uh, yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I right. wouldn't want to name a percentage, but I'll tell you, it's not twenty percent. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, and I, and I learned that through um, through your podcast, I believe. Um, you were the other guys, the SVP, but um, this idea that wait a minute, I have this book, and I can make a whole new product out of it, more or less. Yeah, and it it's you know kind of a simple process in a lot of ways. It's and just I don't a- have to read it if I don't want to. <laughs> 
It's just about exploiting the rights you have. You know, you've created a product that is much more than a print book or an ebook or however you're publishing it. And if you have the rights to that, if you are self-published or your publisher hasn't taken, you know, all of the rights to your book, make the most of them. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to do, have you done, or are you in process of doing uh, translations? Um, no, just because right now, I mean, the book does deal heavily with ACX, which is only open to Americans and Brits. I so, I mean, as they open, I guess Germany will be a place they'll go fairly soon-ish, let's hope. And yeah, then it would kind of make sense to put a German version out. That would, that's a, I had not even thought about this, but yeah yeah when there's a market for it you, yeah that's i think that's a great idea I, I was i was thinking about that the other day about uh foreign um audiobooks uh i don't really know if, what the market is for those and i don't know how you would as a, as a not you know as an english speaker i don't know how i would, I would evaluate them to be honest with you uh, but I'm, I'm sure there are mechanisms for that yeah i imagine it's a few years off at least though yeah, yeah. you're probably right but something to keep your eye on right and then your your position because you can just you can get a translator and go into that market as well and you know totally that that'll be that'll be great i know you just launched today and i'm already asking you <laughs> are you, you going to do an audiobook are you going to translate come on simon get on the get on the ball <laughs> what do you what do you do all day man come on <laughs> <laughs> what's your excuse yeah um oh that's fantastic so yeah i'm glad i got to talk to you on the day that you published that's uh that's fantastic um uh, i appreciate you uh taking the time to have me on and, and talking to it's it's strange being on this side of the mic I, i've done it a few times now but i'm still like oh what am i gonna ask next where are we gonna go but i'm like <laughs> i don't have to do it you know just gonna sit and answer questions <laughs> I uh, I've said this before on this podcast, but I learned from I've, I'm learning from doing this that interviewing is hard. <laughs> it's it's more work than people think. <laughs> it's more work than people think. You know, it's a lot of fun. I've had fun with all of them so far. I've had fun today, but it's you know I've got a list of questions. I've got a list of topics, uh, but it you know I also want to you want to um, honor the flow of the conversation as well. It's much harder than it than it seems, and and you make it look so easy. <laughs> It's on your it's, podcast. It's just preparation. Yeah, it's yeah, you do you do a great job. And uh, if if people have not um, listened, they should go to uh, rockingselfpublishing dot com is the best place for that, right? Yeah, rockingselfpublishing dot com, or um, just search in iTunes for Rocking Self Publishing, and it's a really ugly blue logo. That's how you'll know. <laughs> I got it. I got to sort that out. <laughs> Um. So yeah, do that. And is there I, I really sell people? my stuff, don't I? I'm really. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was just going to mention that on your show notes. I like how you do. Uh, you do kind of a graphic for each of your show notes. I really like that. I might steal that from you at some point. That idea. Uh, I totally stole it off. I think it was Pat Flynn, maybe, who does um, oh, okay. Smart Passive Income. His graphics yep. looked great, and I was like, oh, I could do something like that. Thanks, Pat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, I'll steal it from you who stole it from him, perhaps. What's but. the quote about good art being theft or, or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The best artists are thieves or something to that effect. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure somebody will comment in the show notes, correct us. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. So, uh, rockingselfpublishing.com. Is that where people can find you? Um, of, yeah. I'm pretty open in general. To you. Go to rockingselfpublishing.com, send me an email about, you've got questions about audiobooks, I'll answer your emails, simon at rockingselfpublishing.com. More than happy for people to reach out and say hey. Fantastic. And you've been very good. Like when I've emailed you and, and, and even commented on your uh, show notes, you've been very uh, responsive and, and really approachable. And it's been great. Oh, um, that's good to hear. It's what I aim for. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. Well, thanks for doing this. I know you have to go. Um, so I'll let you do that. Um, and, uh, I, the other thing I'm bad at is saying hi and bye. This is one thing. I've <laughs> so I, I said hi, so I'm going to say bye. Just thanks, Simon. For- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like the first couple I had just kind of to fade out, you know, because I forgot to like, I hit stop and I forgot to say, you know, so I, thanks Simon for being on the wet podcast. You're welcome, Eric. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you.